Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. So today we have our Save My Catholic Marriage Minute, episode 74. The Catholic Safe Alpha Save My Marriage Minute is for you. If your marriage has very little no, no emotional closeness, um, you're divorced and didn't want it. You're divorced. Your wife has asked for a separation. You know, you, uh, you've left, your wife has left the home with the kids. Uh, your marriage has no passion. You engage in the marital embrace less than a month. So please, please, please get in the queue. And let's get this going. Let's get this rocking today. I'm feeling good. I woke up again. I woke up late. Man, I had a late light last night with the fellas in the group. I guess we didn't get done to like 1130 Eastern time. So then I had to eat. Then I had to hang out with the wife. And man, Thursday nights are hard. But you know what? Guess what? It's Friday. <laughs> so in this 74th episode, Reasons why my Catholic wife won't sleep with me. Oh boy, it's a painful one. It's so painful. It's so painful. But guess what? I have decided that I'm going to help you out, right? So reasons my wife won't sleep with me. It's a big one. It's a very important one. Many men don't know, but I'm going to try my best to, to do my best to explain to you this and why it's so. So plus your life calls. 
uh, answering your live calls. Um, so get in the queue. I've helped a lot of men in their marriages and women, and I'm asking you to allow me to help you. So get in the queue. 313-RADICAL, 313-723-4225, or you can call in from your browser at callinstudio.com, radical slash radical one. Has your wife left? Has she asked for a divorce? Is she unhappy? Are you unhappy? You don't know how to get the passion back. Hey, ask a question. You never know what you answer you might get. <laughs> so again, get in the queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Hey, and we have a caller already. I love that. Starting off the bat. So we're going to get this quote of the day out of the way, and then we're going to pick up our first caller. So quote of the day, quote, the second cause of love is knowledge. A woman cannot love a man unless she has had at least some knowledge of him. Introduce me to him is a demand for knowledge preceding love. Even the dream girl of The Bachelor has to be constructed out of fragments of knowledge. The unknown is the unloved. The love of the animal begins with the knowledge that comes through its senses, but the knowledge of man comes from his senses and his intellect. As love comes from knowledge, so hatred comes from want of knowledge. Bigotry is the fruit of ignorance. End quote. Archbishop. Fulton J. Sheen, book three, To Get Married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, all right, we have our first caller of the day. I'm so happy. I'm so happy because, you know, this is a call-in show, actually, everybody. It is not a content show, so the more calls, the better. And I know we're just starting now, and it's going to take a long time to get a lot of listeners live because especially at the time I do it in the morning at 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern, if I did it at 7 o'clock at night or 5 o'clock at night or 6 o'clock at night, I'd probably get double, triple, or quadruple the listeners but I decided that I wanted to, I have to still help my clients and I can't help my clients at, you know, at five, four, I, I guess, still, you know, I can't be doing podcast at six or seven o'clock at night because that's when they're off work. And so I have to be available for them. So, but that being said, 10 o'clock in the morning is not too early and it's not too late. So hopefully we'll build this, but guess what? I have my first caller of the day and I'm going to bring them on. Let me see. Oh, let's see. Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yep, I sure can. So what can I do for you today, Miss Lady, as my father would always say? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I work at a restaurant and all the guys that flirt with me, terrible tippers. (laughs) Terrible tippers. Like the words they say is your tip. Crazy. Anyway, that's not what I called for. Uh-huh. I can't get my husband to go to church. 
And when he does go to church, he makes me so mad because he obviously doesn't want to be there. And his body language shows he doesn't want to be there. So it's a, it's a cross because we have children. And I nag. I try not to nag. But it's, it's hard because I understand the importance of the father going to church for the children. But if he's acting like an idiot, I mean, I should really just drop it, right? Well, no, you don't drop it. What you do as his wife, remember your purpose as a wife and your mission and your role and your is to guide your husband. So once you learn how to guide him, it's a lot easier on you. What many women try to do is nag their husband to death. Well, if I keep nagging him, he'll eventually do what I said do. Why? Because that worked before. People always well, see that's the thing. Women, we don't think we're nagging. We don't say that we're nagging. I don't say I'm a nagging to death. I don't say, you know, I just think that I can be persuasive and and that's what I think I'm trying to do when I give him an argument as to why it's important for him to go to church. You see what I mean? Okay. So I see what you mean, but let me ask let me let you know what ask you what I mean. So what I mean is this. Nagging. Let's talk about what nagging actually is. Nagging is I've mentioned it once or twice, maybe three times, and then I keep going on four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Every day, every week, I don't let it give it a rest, and I keep going with it. That's what nagging is. And then so what husbands do, we know men already have an ego problem, right? Selfishness. So of course, if what we do, if what we do is we, we're basically what a wife doing is feeding that because what he'll start doing is tuning her out. So the way you don't you don't nag. So you mention it once. You, you sit down and have a discussion. Another thing too is nagging. When you sit down and say, "Baby, can we sit down and have a talk?" and we talk about it, that is not nagging. That's having a a a, a, a discussion. The problem is when a woman nags, she keeps nagging, and then she doesn't have a suggestion or a uh, resolution to it, but she just keeps and then thinks that he's going to eventually listen. Most men would then just kind of do it to to get her to shut up. So did she really win? No, because like you said, he didn't want to be there anyway. So a lot of times, if you you know you guide him, which means what you go to mass without him, you take the kids without him. But even with that, Catholic men, the thing about Catholic men and Christian men today is we don't really want to go to church and go to mass because it's a woman fest. Love God, love me, love me, love me. Oh, it's so mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, God is so wonderful. Men, we don't get into that kind of stuff. We want to hear some warrior stuff. Like, hey, you're going to hell if you don't start doing this. <laughs> you know, we don't like it, but we can get into that. We want to hear the true word of God. Men don't respond to all this wussy, wussy, emotional stuff like that. We really don't. Um, true men don't anyway. Um, but so what I'm asking you to do is try to guide your husband, which means do the things I said. But then whenever you go to church, you say, hey, sweetheart, me and the kids are going to church. Are you coming? Or another thing that helps, too, is to ask him directly. That's the power of a woman that feminists, feminazis don't really realize we, we get this thing with men of trying to force me to do things, and we're a woman. He knows that she can't whoop my butt. She He knows that. So trying to force him to do something, he's not going to do. But as his beloved, if you go, sweetheart, 
can we sit down and talk? Can can you please, I'm asking you as your wife, can you please go to mass? Can you please have a good attitude? Because the kids are watching you and we want our kids to be good and blah, blah, blah. And so if you directly ask him, that usually will work. If it doesn't, that means that your husband has a mission problem. He has a selfishness problem. He has an ego problem. He has a pride problem. And you have a lot more problems than you think you have. So basically with that is you have to guide him. You have to, every time you go, you ask him to go. You know, you bring up, you know, you you, you guys try to, read, try to read scripture with him, try to watch videos and stuff with him, try to get him into it. And then another thing that my wife does with me, what she used to do with me, and she would like find like like stuff on YouTube that they're masking about the religion, like the Catholic religion. She would she would find like um, she would find like masculine videos on YouTube and she would send them to me. That's how I really got into all of this right here, because <laughs> my wife would send me stuff about oh, and I'm like, oh, man. That dude, he's like, he's wild. He's on fire for God. He's like, he's really masculine. He's telling the truth. And so I would really start getting into that. The problem with your husband is he really doesn't realize what he's there for, what God, what you worship God, what he's at mass for, that he doesn't understand his power as a man. So what you have to do as his wife is be patient and lead him and guide him. Don't be like Eve. Don't don't try to control him because that will not work. Use your feminine gifts that God has given you to persuade your husband in the way that God would have you do it. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it sounds like it's gonna take fifty years. It ain't gonna. It, it might take fifty years, but so what? This is the thing. You either in the you either love your husband or you don't. And then what you do is you get on your knees in adoration and rosaries, and prayer, and you ask God to reach your husband. That's another thing women try to do when they forget about what God is for. They try to do it all on their own. What you do is you always, always, always engage the help of the Holy Spirit all the time. When you engage the help of the Holy Spirit, you asking your, you asking, you're making a plea to God to please change the heart of your husband. Please help him be the husband that I want him to be. Then guess what? You're fighting it on two fronts. The Holy Spirit is working with you. You're working on him. The kids are working on him. They're not directly working on him, but the kids are indirectly working on him because every man wants their family and their kids to be good people, no matter if they're demonically influenced. Yep. Okay. All right. I I know, sweetheart. It's going to take a time. It's going to take time, but he might come around quick. I've seen that happen, too. Okay. All right. Encouraging. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. I hope y'all got that and that, that helped you a little bit. Hey, man, we dudes, you see, you have to handle women and men differently. You know, um, it's very, it's, it's, it's a fun thing when you understand it. See, that's what people do. It's like we all instinctively know how to handle our wife our wife. We all instinctively know how to handle our husband, but what we do is we allow our egos to get in the way. We'll allow ourselves to be influenced by the demonic and we and people think, well, there's no demons. There are demons. If you believe in Jesus Christ, there are demons. Get over it. Okay? Uh, it, so if demons influence us in three ways, the first way 
is possession. So what is what's demonic demonic uh, demonic possession? Demonic possession is when the demon actually God Christ actually allows the demon to possess your body to take control of your body as a person. That's very rare, very rare. The second way that demons influence us is demonic obsession. So obsession ob, which means that God allows the demon to physically assault us like with Padre Pio he was allowed he Christ allowed the demons to uh, uh, to beat him up to assault him physically that is also rare what you people must what you men must understand straight up and straight out the most the most uh popular way that demons are allowed to influence us is through demonic demonic oppression op as in paul and what that means is the demon is allowed to whisper in our ear, to influence our words, to influence our thoughts, to guide us. Just like I had, I just told you about her, the wife, about guiding her husband. Demons are allowed to do that. That's why you find yourself doing stuff that you didn't think you would do because you got someone. This is why people got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and not the demonic. If you're out of grace with God, most of the time when you hear things, you are hearing demons talk to you people kill me when they say oh i'm reading scripture and god told me this no god didn't tell you nothing <laughs> god didn't tell you nothing man okay you out sleeping with your girlfriend in another bedroom in another room uh you watching pornography and all these kind of things and god's talking to you no he's not the demon's talking to you <laughs> so anyway so a demonic oppression is when they are allowed, first of all, Christ is in charge of all temptation, of all demonic evil allowed in our life. Why? Because if Christ was not um, in charge of that, what would happen is the demons would just kill us all because they're bigger, stronger, they hate us. You know, the old, the all kicked out of heaven thing. They haven't forgotten that. <laughs> so that's what would happen. And so Jesus, the only time that you are allowed to be tested, which is temptation, or you or the demons are allowed to oppress your relationships, oppress your finances, you know, oppress relationship with your kids and your wife and your marriage and your job. They're allowed to oppress that stuff because you are moving too far away from Christ. And Christ's ultimate goal is to get your soul right and pure so that you can be in heaven. You didn't know it was that complicated, did you? It is complicated, but it's also very simple. It's also very simple. So that's when I say that. Most men do not know their mission, and when their house gets in chaos, that means the demonic has influenced and has infiltrated their home. If your wife is unhappy, if your kids are unhappy, if your kids are disrespectful, if your wife is trying to leave, if your wife is nagging you and all this kind of stuff, that is Christ allowing the demonic in your home to get you to man up and take control of your house. I know it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't matter whether it's fair or not. That's how our Lord Jesus Christ set it up. Okay? So, with that being said, we are going to take a quick, quick, short break, and we will be right, right back. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally 
for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, hippie, hey, hey, hippie to the hippie, the hop, hop, you don't stop the rocking. Let's rock, let's rock. Let's do it, let's do it. Okay, so now let's do it with the Save My Catholic Marriage Minute, man. Um, also, one of the le- quick things about um, about Christian men and mass in church. As a man, you've got to understand that if you don't go to mass and if you don't go to church, your children will not be Christian. They won't be Catholic. The stats show it all the time. If a husband goes to church, the kids will go and then they will grow up to be Christian and Catholic. If the wife just goes and takes the kids, it's like 20 or 30 percent that maybe when the man goes, it's 95 percent. This is the power that you have as a man. Please start to use it. Start to use it. Okay. Next. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So save my Catholic marriage minute. Why won't my wife make love to me? Why won't my wife make love to me? Oh, why won't she? Why is sex the second most important thing in marriage? Why does Jerry say sex is the second most important thing in marriage? And why doesn't my wife enjoy making love with me? Why does she not enjoy it? Oh, man. Well, fellas, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But the reason your wife don't want to make love to you, number one, is because she doesn't feel close to you. And so that's why I developed the the, the uh, thing of, of making love to your wife outside the bedroom. You've got to prepare your wife for your love. You just can't come home and just get both of you been to work all day and we're just going to jump and hop in the bed. And she's going to, you think she's just going to be all sexy and, and loving and wear these nice, beautiful lingeries for you and hop around like a, like a 25 year old. No, she's not going to do that because she don't feel like it because she's tired. <laughs> so you, you've got to understand this is why women aren't supposed to work. You're not going to hear like me saying that, but it's the truth. Women and men working together is a bad, bad idea. Just like boys and girls going to the same high school is a bad, bad idea. Why? Because first of all, the boys and the men can't concentrate on their job and on school. They look at the darn girls all day. Then people start talking together and getting emotional close together. Most of them are married. So by the time they get home, they're thinking about the guy that just was talking to work at all day. They're not thinking about their husband. So, of course, they don't want to make love to you. They're liking him. 
it, it, the world is so confused right now. It's so confused. So without that, and I'm not going to go into that. It's a different podcast for a different time. But the main thing is, man, women, you have to prepare them for your love. You can't, you, it's important that you, this is why as a man, you got to be on top of your game at all times. You know, if you think you want to have sex, what do you got to do? You got to go, okay, once you know that a woman is, sex isn't really on women's mind, especially the longer they, the older they are and the longer they've been married. Those two kind of go together. So if your wife comes, when your wife's on the way home, she's not thinking about, oh, man, I'm going to have sex with my husband tonight. No, she ain't. That is so rare. You know what your wife's thinking about? Okay, I'm tired, but I'm going to go home. I got to go pick the kids up from school. I got to pick the other kids up from babysitter. Then I got to take the kids to the, to their football game practice, the football practice, and their baseball practice, and their dance practice, and their gymnastics practice. Then I got to wait there. Then I got to get done. I got to decide if I want to give my kids crappy food like McDonald's for dinner, or do I want to? Do I have the energy to go home and cook a regular meal without putting it in the microwave and making TV dinners? Then I'm thinking, man, I, I haven't had no time to myself all day. And I just think, I mean, I don't know. I just want to go home, go bed. This is why when your wife works, she can't do her job at home. This is why the feminazis, the Marxists, um, the communists, they know that. That's why they got your wife in World War II to start wearing pants. Because they realized that women wearing pants worked harder. Communism and Marxism and modernism and liberalism, all that stuff is about getting your wife out of the home so that she will be miserable, but she's a worker. She's a utensil. She's a machine, just like you are. At the, the difference between you and your wife is being machines, you're made to be a machine. You're a man. You're bigger, faster, stronger, more logical, more mentally tough most of the time. Women, they're not made for that. They're not made to be out working 8, 10, 12 hours a day, man. They get tired. They get tired. Their body is just common sense. Their body is not, even if they're a lawyer, even if they are a lawyer or something like, or a doctor, they're not meant to be working 24 on and 24 off. <laughs> That's ludicrous for a woman. Her body cannot take that. She is meant, this is why it's hard to get your wife to want to make love to you because she's doing all this other stuff. Then she comes home and she's got more work to do because why? You're probably working 16 hours yourself. You're probably working 12 hours. So, the kids suffer. The kids suffer. Somebody has to raise the children. That's why God set it up the way he did. But then the devil got into it and got involved. And so that's why communism has infiltrated the United States the way it has. It has. You know, and women, they look, even you're the most docile woman, the most sweet, loving woman still has feministic, feminazi properties in her. You can't tell me nothing. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care if you're my husband. You can't make me do nothing. That kind of crazy stuff. If you told your wife, I don't care what you say, you can't make me do nothing. I don't have to do nothing you say. I don't have to work with you. I don't have to even talk to you. Your wife would think you was crazy. But you, you definitely can't tell her that. See the, see the, see the, way, this, see the way the Satan has like infiltrated our, our families and homes. Women, men and women can't even talk right to each other no more. Okay. This is why you have to learn as a man, you have to learn this aside that they had to be a true man and how to be a masculine man as Christ so that you can deal with this and get your wife to understand that you have her best interest at heart.
Okay. Um, th and, and the reason sex is the second most important thing in your marriage, man, is because it builds closeness. It builds closeness. If you're not having, if you're not as a man and a woman, if you're not having sex at the minimum of one time a week, your marriage is in trouble. It's in trouble and you don't even know it. Why? Because you can't even spend 30 minutes to an hour being intimate with each other because you've got all this other stuff you want to do. And I know one thing I've learned about people in this, my little short 56 years or whatever, is people do what they want to do. If your wife really wanted to make love to you, man, she would. Nothing would stop her, but she don't want to. And I, it's sad. It's sad. And another, and the other third reason I'm gonna go into more in depth here in a minute, in the second part, in the second segment about this is, your wife doesn't enjoy making love to a man, her husband. You know why? Because she ain't having a good time. People make people make love because they want to have a good time. And if a husband is selfish, I, I hear it all the time. Well, you know, I always make sure she gets pleased first. That's a lie. That's a lie. If you make sure your wife got pleased first every time or whatever, you wasn't selfish, you just, then your wife would want to make love to you all the time. Even in menopause. But she don't. Men, we have these egos that are so big that you can't even fit it inside a balloon. We, we've got to understand that we have a lot of problems, but we want to address our problems, and then we want to blame everybody else for our problems. Like right now, a lot of you guys, that's probably hurting you that I'm saying that, but I'm telling you it's the truth. I had to come to the truth too, man. I really did. You know, I had to come to the truth too. You know, I had a serious premature ejaculation problem 20 years ago. My whole life, my first wife and my second wife. Dude, premature ejaculation, I'll go into that more later on. Basically, you, you can't last no more than five minutes, two minutes without, without your wife, without, your, without you uh, losing control, and then the sex session is basically over. That's why your wife don't want to make love to you. Women ain't stupid. Women will make love to their husbands because it's a duty. That's how sweet and loving women are. Believe it or not, your wife has made love to you a lot of times because she knows as a wife it's her duty to. But who wants to do something because it's their duty all the time? Who wants to do that? Sometimes you want to make love to your husband because I feel sexy. He makes me feel sexy. He makes me feel like he loves me. He cares for me. He'll do anything for me, so I'm going to reward him and give him some good loving tonight. That's what you want your wife saying. And believe it or not, when you're a good boy, your wife goes, you know he's been a good boy. I'm going to give him some tonight. That's how they think. But you didn't know that, did you? That's how women think, man. Women will make love to you every now and then because you're a good boy. They'll make love to you every now and then because it's their duty as a wife. But they won't make love to you every day, every two or three times a week or once a week and stuff like that if it's just they're not having a good time. They won't. They won't. Why? Because, man, I got to go cook dinner. I got to get these kids together. You ain't had a shower. You've you been at work all day. <laughs> You know, you're climbing all on me. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, hurry up. That's why I, I have wives all the time tell me, I just wish he would just hurry up and get off of me. Dude, I am not just bringing this out this, the back part of my head. I'm telling you the truth because I have experience in this and I've seen it happen. Too many wives tell me all the time. Women do not tell their husbands that they're bad in bed. You know why? Because they don't want to piss you off and hurt your feelings and you'll leave them and go get some other floozy. 
They won't tell you that. But like I was telling the guys last night, what they will do is when they leave you, then they got this all new courage and they'll tell you all the bad stuff that you ever did for the last 50 years. Why? Because they're not scared about you leaving no more. Why? Because I didn't already left. She's already left. So I'm going to go over the, the, you know, the reasons I'm going to help you out today. Please try your best to listen. Most men do not want to be bad lovers. They really, no one, no man does. No man wants to be a bad look. No one, no man wants to be with their beloved wife and be insecure that he's not going to be able to perform correctly. And, and this is why you, this is why men, you got to learn to bring God into your bedroom. Most dudes go, oh, I'm not bringing God. God ain't got no room in my bedroom. Well, that's why you don't have, that's why you can't, you and your wife can't have good intimacy. That's why you won't make love to your wife outside the bedroom. That's why when you, you you and your wife do make love, you're just thinking about yourself the whole time. Well, I'll try to give her one. So let's get this straight right before we start. So when I say, I'm going to say for women, I'm going to say peak, her peak. I'm not going to say climax or orgasm, but that's what I mean. For men, I'm either going to say lose, when I say ejaculate, for men, I'm going to say lose your cool or lose control. That way I'm not sitting here saying all these words that make people uncomfortable for the next hour. Okay. So just so you understand. So that being said, women, you know, they want to be they they you got to learn to make love outside the bedroom so that your wife want to make love to you inside the bedroom. It's classic. It's classic intimacy 101 that you know about because when you first met your wife, you did make love to her outside the bedroom when you was courting her and stuff. You talked to her. You talked sweet to her. You held her hand. You sat next to her and watched movies with her. You listened to everything she said. That was you making love to your wife outside the bedroom. Believe it or not, you know what to do. You just got lazy. So you think, see, men think that their wife is a fork, a utensil, and a knife, that she's at my disposal, and if she doesn't make, even, even the good dudes, we, can't, we all think like that. I want to make love, and she tells me, no, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be mad. Well, what you got to do as a man is look at yourself and say, why does not, okay, my wife married me. She had these kids for me. She goes to work every day for me. She washes the dishes for me. She cooks for me. Why wouldn't she want to make love to me? Hmm, let me figure that out. It's a simple, logical thing. Just ask yourself and you'll get the right answer. You'll say, well, maybe I'm not a good lover or something. Or maybe I'm not doing this right. And so what do you do? You take your wife, you sit her down, you say, babe, I got to talk to you about something. You sit her down and you and two have an adult conversation about the marital embrace. It's real simple. At first, you're going to be uncomfortable. We can go out and lip lock and swap spit with everybody, but we can't, but we can't, we can't, we can't uh, have a, an adult conversation with the one who we're swapping fluids with, our wife, the one who can help us be a good lover. We won't talk to her about it. And so she don't want to talk about it either because she don't want to hurt your feelings. So what you got to do as a man, when you talk to your wife about the marital embrace, about having sex, about making love, you have to sit there and accept everything she's saying and do everything she's saying and then not get mad about it. Matter of fact, be happy because the alternative to your wife not telling you about what she needs from you in the, to make love is her leaving you and taking the kids and not coming back. Because no matter what you might think, most Catholics, especially 
Protestants don't have hangups about sex as much as Catholics do. But the thing about it is, is man, it don't really matter. God created sex. He wants us to make love. It's a God-given gift. It's a God-like gift that God has given us to participate in creation. Why would we sit down and talk to our wife so that she will talk back to us, not get mad at her if she tells us the truth, and then try to work with her to, to understand how I could be a better lover for her? It's real simple. It's real simple. At first, the first couple of conversations are going to be awkward because you're not used to talking about anything that matters in marriage. That's another thing. Married couples these days don't talk about nothing that means nothing in marriage. They don't. They don't talk about their retirement. They don't talk about their future together. They don't talk about, they don't talk about the kids and what's, how to make their kids better people. They don't talk about the religion, about the faith. They don't talk about sex and intimacy. They don't talk about nothing. Talk about stupid emojis all the time and stupid videos on, oh, you see that made me laugh. So that kind of stuff ain't going to make your marriage stronger. It's not. It's going to push you apart. So look, man, I can sit here and talk to you about intimacy and, and how to bring God into your bedroom and why it's important. First of all, if you don't have God in your bedroom, the simple way to bring God in your bedroom is to say a Hail Mary, to say Our Father, to pray together before, during, or after. Um, that way you bring Christ in your room. Why? Because it takes three to make love, baby. It takes three to make love. It takes three to make love. It takes three to make love. If you don't want your, your intimacy to die and all you have is eroticism in your bedroom, dude, that's why you don't sleep. We don't not supposed to sleep with our wives before we get married. Because when we get married, they're all it, it, it all fades really fast because we've been participating in lust for the last however many years. And then we make love, we get married, and we don't even pray or at all during lovemaking, at all. We Believe it or not, God wants us to have sex. He wants us to embrace in the love for him and, our, and us and to create a one flesh union so that we have a, ch a child. Why do you think sex is so Why do you think God created sex? Why do you think sex feels so good? So that you and your beloved would want to be intimate with each other, including God in your marriage, and you create this beautiful soul, which is your baby. You have to stop. We got to stop looking at sex as just a pleasurable thing, and we have to look at it as is a union between us and our our us, our wife, and our and our and our creator. You would look at sex a whole different way. Your wife, you would help your wife look at sex a whole different way. This is why I tell men, sex is not supposed to be animalistic. It's supposed to be blissful. So all of you that are sitting out there having quickies with your wife, two or three minutes, five minutes, and then y'all done, you're not doing anything for your marriage. Nothing. You, you don't even have time. You're not even having time to even get into each other in five minutes. Your wife has to understand how much you love her. And that is not the way. Blissfulness, you into her, she into you. And you prolong the sex session so that you include God and her and your wife. And it's loving. It's You make love the way humans are supposed to make love, not like animals. And I promise you, your wife will want to start making love to you. But why? Because she's a human. She's a woman. She wants to have a good time, too. Okay? 
So that is the precursor to what we're going to talk about here in, in a few minutes. But I wanted to get you guys prepared for what I'm going to say because our egos will get in the way. And I don't want your ego to get in the way. I want you to be open to what it means to have great intimacy and make love with your wife and her to you and with God. And if you as a Catholic, if you are uptight about it, that's your problem. That ain't God's problem. It ain't my problem. God created sex. He created us to be married, to be with him. And so this is how we, we do it. Like my man said, this is how we do it. Do, do, do. Remember that song? <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to have a break here real quick. And we will be right back. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. We back, fellas. We back, fellas. And ladies, if I have a few beautiful ladies here. Hey, so let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. This is Friday, and I want y'all to learn something. Have a good time learning it. This is fun. This is fun. You know, learning learning about the marital embrace is always fun. That's what I tell my guys. I said, listen, dude, you to the fun part now. You to the fun part. So this is the fun part. You know, every man wants to learn how to be a better lover. I call it a world-class lover. Um, the reason you become a world-class lover is not so you can go out and sleep with every floozy out here on the street. The reason you become a world-class lover that I would teach you how to do is because you want to be a world-class lover for the sake of God and your marriage. Plain and simple. And your wife. Remember, sex is not about you, gentlemen, at all. It's about God and your wife. And if you think about it any other way, you will continue to disappoint her over the decades. Like I said, women will get to the point, they will make love to you for a while out of duty, but after a while, they'll just stop. Especially when they can't have kids no more. They'll just stop. Or when they get into menopause, they won't. They won't make love to you. And it's not really because they don't want to, you know. So what we're going to do is I'm going to try to help you today to help you get some uh, some concepts about the basics of becoming a great lover. Now, I, like I told you, when I say orgasm, I'm going to say peak. Women, a woman's peak. Okay. When I say uh, when I say ejaculation, I'm gonna be I'm gonna say lose control or lose your cool, so that we're not sitting here, you know, talking. You know, people get uncomfortable when you start talking about st stuff orgasms too much. They don't they don't like it. So I'm gonna try to curb my language a little bit for y'all. So anyway, 
Uh, so anyway, so here we go. So my story. So why, what gives me the credibility to sit here and talk to you about how to be a world-class lover for God and your wife? Okay. So about, it's more than 15 years ago now. Um, my wife, you know, she didn't want to really want to make love anymore. Same thing I was talking about y'all. You know, when me and my wife first got married, of course, like yeah, we, she wouldn't keep her, couldn't keep her hands off of me. And I couldn't keep my hands off her. But as over the years, you know, over the years, things started to change. You And she wasn't even in menopause yet. So I couldn't blame that. <laughs> right? Well, she's in menopause. That's why she didn't want to make that. No, no, no. I couldn't blame that because she wasn't even in menopause. I'm like, I think my wife was in her late 30s or early 40s. I think it was her 40s. Her was in her 40s. And uh, basically her libido became very, very low. Sex was not on her mind or anything like that. Um, we would make love. Um, but it was like infrequent. And like I talk to you all the time, I say, you know, I was the one initiating sex all the time. Whereas before, you know, whereas before it would be me. I was, you know, she would initiate sex now, you know, but she was older now. She wasn't the little, the little 35 year old filly, <laughs> you know, hopping around. She wouldn't like that no more. And so I was the one initiating thing. This is why you've got to make the intimacy you got to make intimacy fun for her. You know, she has to have a good time too, not just you. Because if you think about it, a man, it takes us no time to get aroused. If we don't have ED or something, it takes us no time to get aroused. It takes us, you know, we can lose our cool in what, five seconds and we satisfied, right? Well, women, it's not like that. And I'll go over that in a minute. Um, so, um, at first we thought it was something to do with my wife's hormones, you know, the sex therapist thing, the doc sex doctors thing, you know, was it premenopause and all that kind of stuff. And so my wife being the beautiful soul she is, she blamed herself and was like, okay, I'm gonna go see the doctor and I'm gonna go see what's wrong. And it's probably me. And that's what women do. Cause women love us men and women think it too. Well, if his if he if his equipment is working, then it must be me, right? Well, that is so far from the truth. That is so far from the truth. Because my wife went to all of these. She went, she was gonna go and she did her little research, was gonna go to the doctor and, and all that stuff. But I preempted her and I thought I started looking at myself. And see, this is why as a man, you must take control of things and look at yourself first. In that situation, I was still the old Jerry. And so I was like, well, it's got to be her because I'm working. I'm doing, <laughs> I, hey, my stuff's together. <laughs> you know, huh, you know, I'm good. Hey, you know, it ain't me. You know, it's got to be her, <laughs> you know. But as I found through my research, man, that was far from the truth. Um, the, the, What it came down to is women, women, it takes them a long time to be ready to make love, to, re, to be ready for you as their lover. And so, and then once they are ready, we, we, have, we, must, prolong the, we must prolong the sex session for more than 5, 10, or 15, or 20 minutes. It had, for them to have fun and be totally fulfilled as a woman, then what we need to do is prolong the sex session to more than an hour. The reason why is because we'll go into that in a minute, that women have what we call inhibitions. Um, and so inhibitions is the pain in their life that they've suffered through. Um, women cannot take pain. Women cannot take um, uh, stress 
and and um and trauma like a man can. They're not built for it. And so why? Because they're more emotional. And so when they're emotional, they hold on to pain longer. This is why a lot of times your wife blames you, you know, something happened 30 years ago and she's still talking about it. That's because she hasn't gotten over it yet. And you haven't done anything to make her to realize that 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 she doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Okay. And so when women, when we make when um, um, so inhibitions are very important. So what are inhibitions and trauma in women? So trauma in a woman is if your wife has slept with other men besides you before being married. Now, listen, I'm not judging your wife. I'm just telling you the facts. That's why God doesn't want us having making love before having sex before marriage. Why? Because it damages women. Every sex partner that your wife has ever had, she is bonded to that man chemically for the rest of her life. This is why having sex outside of marriage is not a very good idea. Men, it's the same way. Every woman that you've ever had sex with in your life you're now you're bonded to them for the rest of your life. Now, if you as an if you as a woman and you as a man knew that, how many how many people would you have sex with? <laughs> Boy, that number would have that number would have went way down, wouldn't it? If you'd known that it was a kid. Um, but so that is the first thing. But it damages women way more than men. Why? Because women are receivers. They hold on to that, and so. When so when a wife has uh, has had sex with other men, what that does is that brings all her baggage into your marriage. If your wife is, was abused, or she raped, or she physically abused, if she had a miscarriage, if she lost a parent, if she lost a child, if she lost a sibling, if she has had a previous, that's why you don't marry divorced women because they damage. If she's had a, a failed marriage before, you don't marry a divorced woman, dude. You really don't. You know why? <laughs> Because she's going to take your stuff through hell. Soon as you don't start being the man that she thinks you ought to be, she will take you and your kids through hell. She doesn't mean to. She doesn't mean to, man. But she does because that's how she held, handled it before. I've, I've met women that have been married six times. I talked to a guy last year. He'd been married five times and his wife was married six times. I did not work with them. They have no staying power, dude. They have no staying power. Soon as things start going bad, they 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 fly the coop. So they're not gonna listen to nothing I gotta say. So you've got, but but I'm I'm telling you this, gentlemen, because I want you to understand your wife's body. It's your job as her husband to 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 get your head out of the sand and understand how your wife's body works. I know better how my wife's body works than she does. You know why? Because it's my job to know. It's my job to know. Well, my wife, she's in menopause now, but before, uh, but but when she wasn't, I knew what my wife's period was. I knew the days of it and how long it was going to be. I knew when we made love, how far I could penetrate without hurting her, how far I could, I would have to penetrate to not to hurt her. I, I know all of that. I know all of that. I understand menopause and why menopause does what it does to women and how to make love to a woman that's on menopause. See? These things you have to know. No one wants to go think about it. Like I said yesterday, if you're 50 years old, if you're 50 years old and and you've been married, let's say 20 years, just think about it, man. You and your wife still got 50 years left of marriage. 
Do you want to go through 50 more years of crappy sex and no intimacy and no hugging and kissing and, and loving each other and being intimate with each other and being blissful with God? Do you want to be, do you want to be like that? I know I don't. I know I don't. So the second most important thing in marriage over the years, many couples. So before I go on with my fish the stores, my wife. So it came down to the point that I was the problem, not my wife. I was not prolonging the sex session long enough for my wife to be able to enjoy. First of all, I wasn't prolonging the sex because I had premature ejaculation, right? So I wasn't prolonging the sex session long enough for my wife's body to be ready to receive me properly. And then even after that, I wasn't able to hold on long enough for her to get completely fulfilled in that particular sex session. And so what happens is our wife begins to, over time, not want to make love to us because she's not having any, she's not getting any peaks. She's not peaking at all. And if she does, it's just one time. And women need way more than one peak. They need multiple, multiple, multiple peaks. And so if we, if we, if we don't, if we as men don't know that, understand how their body works and how peaks work for a woman, then we are doing a dissatisfaction. We are doing them a disservice. This is why our wives don't want to make love to us. I hear guys all the time. Oh yeah, man. Well, you know, we we go for an hour and thirty minutes and stuff. That's you might do it, but how are you? How are you making it pleasurable for her? You know. Another thing too, man. Women, you have to lead them up to that amount of time. You know, it's a slow thing. So let's get into it. So over the years, many couples take the act of making love for granted, right? Because when we first get together, it's great, and so we think it's going to always be like that. And then when everybody gets in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, they go, well, you know, old people, they're not supposed to have sex. That's not true. That's not true. As a man and woman, we're supposed to be making love until we die. If that's 60 years old, 80 years old, 100 years old, it doesn't matter. The reason older people don't make love it's because they've ruined their bodies. Too much sugar, too much carbohydrates. They got cancer. They got diabetes. They got heart problems. They got high blood pressure. They got um, uh, they got arthritis, inflammation in their bone. They can't walk without a cane or a walker. They're walking around. They're like uh, 200 pounds overweight. Of course, you can't make love like that. And then a man, his body is so his his sexual organs are so sensitive that stuff will shut. All that stuff I just said will shut him down really fast. We've got to stop eating sugar. We've got to stop eating carbohydrates. We've got to stop taking over-the-counter medications, and we've got to stop taking prescribed medications. Why? Because all that stuff is toxins, and it will ruin a man's sexual drive, his libido. He will get ED, and also stop masturbating, because masturbating, you will eventually get ED. Didn't know that one, did you? You've got to stop doing that stuff, man. God knows what he's talking about. Okay? Pornography. Eventually, you will get ED if you keep watching pornography because your mind, your mind wants to develop a trigger. And the trigger, you can't make love to your wife, right? Because you're used to watching pornography and that's and that that's creates a trigger in your mind. And when you look at your wife and making love to her, you can't. You can't lose control um, because or lose your cool because you're used to losing your cool and masturbating to a picture. 
So your wife, that's why women instinctually know that pornography hurts. Is it's, it's like it's cheating, and they know that. Women ain't stupid, man. That's why I love them. Because <laughs> when they smarten up, ain't nothing you can say. <laughs> so, so as they get older, they get used to infrequent intimacy and begin to lose one of the very things that builds closeness in their relationship, which is the most important factor for women in marriage. And what do men do? We begin to ignore it, thinking it will be okay and come back. But of course, most times the fire never comes back, so we find substitutes for the closest with our wives, like hobbies, other women, television, work, friends, etc. Once this happens, our marriage becomes boring, lackluster, and passionless. That's why you hear me say, if your, if your marriage is boring and lackluster and passionless, because this is what happens over time. Men, we're the ones that's got to keep the fire going. So, as proof to what I'm saying, I'm gonna ask. I want you to think about these questions. So, does your wife display these these types of things? Does your wife display these types of things? Does your wife have feelings of unhappiness? Does she have feelings of emptiness? Is your wife depressed? Does she's uh, does she have bored? Is she bored with making love? Is she unsatisfied? Uh, is she unfulfilled as a woman? Has she shut down emotionally? Has she stopped speaking and having conversations with you? Does her anger and frustration um, at you frequent? Does she get angry and frustrated at you frequently? Uh, does she neglect the kids? Does she neglect you or treat the kids bad? Most times, most times these symptoms are caused by a lack of fulfilling intimacy in your wife. For this reason, sex for women is substantially more important and will cause them to feel unloved, thereby beginning the women's exit strategy, which I talked about yesterday. Listen. When I say sex is 10 times more important for men than I say women, and I mean more important than men than women, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. When I say that sex is 10 times more important for women than men, it's because women, it affects women a lot deeper than it affects men on a social, uh, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if your wife, in the way that you, as a husband, you are the only one as a husband that can relieve the pain of your wife, the trauma, through prayer, suffering, and sacrifice, and through the marital embrace. That's why her little hubby, her if your wife is messing around on, on you another dude, he can't do that. Only you, her husband, can because you need grace. Okay? And so women, you got to remember, like I talked about the inhibitions of a woman. See, when a woman, when a wife marries you, she thinks you're going to take away all that pain. She thinks, oh, my God, all that stuff in my past is going to go away. I married the man of my dreams. He's going to be so good to me. He's, not, he's never going to neglect me. He's going to make me feel like the most important thing in his life. And I'm just going to be so happy. We're going to have all these kids. And I'm going to love him for the rest of my life. And then it just doesn't work out that way, does it? Guys with the pressure of their job, of their careers, of money, the kids, her, uh, all you know, they might get sick. All these things are putting pressure on the marriage. And so the man kind of shuts down a little bit and starts to focus on only work and making money and not really focusing on the happiness of his wife and God. And so his marriage becomes totally infested with the demonic and everything starts going south. And I'm sorry, fellas, I'm so sorry, but that is the truth. It's the truth. I've seen it happen too many times. This is why you must understand intimacy. This is why I say sex is the second most important thing in your marriage behind what? Prayer. 
You need those two things, man, to get, to get your marriage where it's supposed to be, especially if you are in a good, great, or mediocre marriage right now. That means you still have time, all right? And the, those things I said about your wife, those are intimacy is what peaks is what gets a woman to know that you truly love her. Sometimes you got it might be 10 peaks or 20 peaks or 30 peaks. It doesn't matter. It's your job as a man to give them to her. That's why you can't have ED. That's why you can't have premature ejaculation. That's why you can't be uh, 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 eating sugar every day and carbohydrates every day because it affects your sex drive and your sex performance. And once you do that, and now that I'm telling you how important sex is, then if you don't do what I'm saying, then what happens is you're basically saying, I don't care about nobody but myself and I'm going to you know, just do what I want to do, even though it affects my wife and my marriage and all of that. Okay. You've got to understand. So next, let's go into it. Next, little known facts about the marital embrace. So I'm going to help you try to understand with facts what I'm saying to help you under, to help you embrace this a little bit more. So there was a study done years and years ago by Masters and Johnson that determined that 90% of women never experience complete and fulfilling orgasms. Okay. That's coming from them. That's not coming from me. So 75% of men are what? Premature ejaculators, which means that before his wife is completely and totally sexually fulfilled by having all the peaks she needs, he loses his, his cool, he loses control, which ends the sex session. Why? Because for a man, for a man uh, ejaculation is like an atomic bomb and depletes all of his energy. On the other hand, for women... One peak expends only one-fiftieth of her energy, which explains why women need not want more peaks than their husbands. It takes women 20 minutes to warm up to make love to their, to their, to their, um, to their husband. I don't mean foreplay. I mean actual penetration. It takes 20 minutes of actual penetration before your wife is fully ready to receive you as a man. Think about what I just said and think how many times you were done in five minutes in 10 minutes in 15 minutes. Your wife hadn't even had time to get ready. Her body. Okay. So try to hear what I'm saying. So many men lose their cool in five to 15 minutes. This causes disparity in the marital act as one partner is satisfied and the other has been denied fulfillment. How does the church look at this? So now I want you guys to know that I'm not just talking at the side of my head. I'm talking, the church is involved in this too, Christ church, right? So St. Paul, John Paul II reveals that every husband in his book, Love and Responsibility, St. Paul, John, who reveals that every husband is required to give his wife at least. Now, this is John, this is a saint talking, this ain't Jerry. That every husband is is. Uh, his husband, I'm sorry, let me start over. St. Paul, John Paul II reveals that every husband is required to give his wife at least one orgasm during lovemaking to prevent her from feeling used as a utensil or an object. Okay? So you, you've got to understand God knows everything. <laughs> so basically, it's hedonistic. Hedonistic, hedonistic means selfishness. It's hedonistic when we don't make sure that our wife is fully fulfilled in the marital act. Because if we don't, then we use her as a fork, a knife, or a spoon. Her body becomes a utensil and not a human person. 
This is why when a woman takes contraception or birth control and or a man uses rubber, a rubber or a woman takes pills, she is basically allowing herself to be used as a machine, as a as a, a playmate, as a fun doll, as a fork, a knife, a spoon. This is why contraception, birth control is against the natural order of things, against the natural law. Because women become objectified. They do. And then what women will do is, this is why women that are on birth control, when they marry their husbands, they start to realize when they don't take birth control no more, they start to realize they picked the wrong man. That's a proven fact too. This is why you don't, you and your wife, if you if you aren't ready to have children, don't get married because that's the number one purpose of, of marriage. Why? Because it's, it's, it's what God put you here for. To send souls, not to be a factory, not to be a baby machine, but to send souls back to him for eternity in the beatific vision. God didn't bring you here so you can sit around and play golf every day. Or your wife can go out and work 12, 15 hours a day at her so-called career. That's a useless life. We are not contributing to anything when we think like that. Oh, I don't know, I'm only going to have one kid. Well, we, we decided we don't want to have kids yet. Well, what, it, what are you married for? What are you, you're not one flesh. Kids, listen, love is meant to be shared. These couples that are out here and all of you have kids or know people like this. Well, we, we just, it's just going to be me and us. We're we not going to have no kids or nothing. We're going to take birth control for the next 50 years. We ain't going to have no kids. Do you know how inherently selfish that is? That marriage will never work. In a thousand years, it will never work. Why? Because love is meant to be shared. A man and a woman love each other so much that nine months later, they have one flesh, which is a child, a soul. This is why women are so unhappy today. They are going against their natural law of what is what they're supposed to be doing. And it hurts everybody. And Satan knows that. The communists know it too. Everybody knows it. But nobody wants to talk about it. They don't. Okay? So, that's St. Paul. Next, you must prolong lovemaking. So, what does that mean? Many men think that they are studs or at least adequate in the bedroom. Well, that's a lie. But as seen above, at least 75% of men are not. And because they 75% of the men are premature ejaculators. And, oh, I got a call. Oh, I got a call. Turn it. Okay. Mm, let me go. Let me finish this, and I, then I'll take the call. So hold on, caller. I'm almost done. Okay. So. Um, and who is the judge? Your wife is the judge. If a wife is displaying any of the symptoms I mentioned above, depression, unhappiness, un unloved, etc., she is fulfilled sexually, unfulfilled sexually, and as a woman, and will eventually begin the woman's exit strategy. You must at all costs realize that the marital embrace is much more than an orgasm and pleasure for you, the husband, but for your wife, it is very her very essence of feeling that she is loved by you. She is loved by you. All of the items mentioned above are your wife's inhibitions, her deep pain, which must be removed or your marriage will eventually suffer. How long does it take to remove all inhibitions from your wife 
It takes a prolongation of the sex act for at least three times a week for a minimum of one to four hours for a period of one to three years. Why? Because then your wife will become her true sacred self. Your prayer, your suffering, your sacrifice, your intimacy with her, your act of love as her husband, her beloved husband, will show how much you love her and all of her pain will disappear. She will become the sweetest, most loving, serving wife that you have ever wanted possible. Okay? This depends on the amount of pain your wife has experienced in her life. Sexual abuse, premarital sex partners will take longer. There then a normal life of no pain, but no matter, every woman needs a minimum of one year to get rid of her inhibitions. Once this purge of inhibitions takes place, your wife will return to a more normal need for lovemaking of twice per week or so. But you will have to remember to continuously revert to make sure she is completely satisfied or she will again revert back. Okay? So, so what are the benefits of your wife? And I'm going to take my caller. So the benefits of your wife, I know what I just said sounds remarkable and it sounds un unbelievable, but I promise you it's the truth. I've coached many men. I've done it. And you have to understand, once you understand your, your wife's body, you know that inherently what I'm saying is the truth. If you think back over your sex sessions and your lovemaking over the years with your wife. Okay, so the benefits of this type of lovemaking for your wife is total emotional, psychological, spiritual, and sexual fulfillment for your wife. A euphoric sense of being loved and cherished by you, her husband, a complete and total feeling of vulnerability, a dramatic increase in her libido, an unquenchable hunger for her husband, an increased sentiment of love that she needs to spread throughout your family. That's another important thing. Once your wife feels you love her more than anything, that she's her number one, she will start to spread your love throughout your family to your kids. She will lead the kids to you. You will lead the kids to God. She will send everybody that she knows to you because you have become her beloved, her her the source of her happiness. This, and then she knows that you care for her more than anything. Guys, you got to hear what I'm saying. This is not a myth. This is, see, you got to learn your wife's mysteries. And the way you learn your wife's mysteries is stop thinking you know everything about her, okay? Now, a complete and deep understanding of how to make sacred love to her husband. Your wife will become a better lover too because she will learn to work with you more. You and her will be more in tune with each other, okay? So, the benefits for you, the husband. Your, your wife will act, will once again, your wife will once again desire you. You, your wife will come to you to make love. You won't be going to her all the time. Okay. Your wife will no longer be bored with the marital act. Your wife will approach you to make love, make sacred love. You, um, you will have sacred intimacy multiple times per week. You will have a substantial increase in sex drive. Your stamina will increase. The bond with your wife will increase. You will experience extreme vulnerability, essential for a lifelong fulfilling marriage, and you will experience a greater sense of moral character. Your insecurities of how to make love will disappear. Your insecurities about how to make love will disappear because you have confidence, which will spill over into the love for your wife. This is a small, the small list. So the final word, and I'm done, and we're going to take my final caller. The final word is this. Hear me. Please hear me. This way of looking at intimacy will be hard for you to accept at first. But again, you must realize that 
this takes you step by step through this process of all three categories, prayer warfare, the art of manliness, and make you love mastery. In order to become a world-class lover for God and your wife, you must drop your ego. From now on, when you make love, you can never allow your ego to get in that bedroom. From now on, you must make love to your wife outside the bedroom with walks and talks, holding hands, conversations, um, um, gifts, small gifts, big gifts, doing things for her that you don't have to be asked. This is how you do it, and your wife will want to make love to you. Once you do make love, you must not think about yourself. You must put your wants, desires, and needs on the back burner. You and your wife are making love, and you only focus on her, and I promise you, your sex life will change. Oh, and then, of course, you bring God in the bedroom. Okay? Now, uh, Many because you are unf because you are unfamiliar in most cases of how these things work, you must push past the pain and uncertainty, which will get you to where you want to be. Again, everything in this, everything I teach you feeds off every other thing. Try to buy in and do the work and use the tool in the appropriate time, and you will see wonders never imagined. Why? Because you have become a holy lover. Why? Because you are a Christian soldier. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. Woo, woo, woo. I hope y'all enjoyed that, fellas. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I, I had to rush at the end because I always try to put my callers first um, because I want the I want my calls to be able to ask a question. But I, you know, I went through it a little fast at the end. But man, if you have any questions, um, you can go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and you can schedule an appointment with me and I can help you or whatever. But the main thing is you take to heart what I've been talking about. This is not a myth. It's about you learning and how to learn the mysteries of your beloved. Know your wife's body better than she does. I have wives all the time. They try to get all huffy and puffy with me, and I tell them, look, I don't care what you're talking about. I know your body better than you. I could teach your husband about your body better than you, which will make you happy if you just get out of the way and let me. That might sound kind of arrogant, but sometimes with people who are ignorant, you got to be a little arrogant with them, just a little bit of arrogant, just especially women, because they're used to confronting stuff these days, and they don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so the things I taught you today, please think about it. Please think about it. All right. So let's take my caller, my wonderful, wonderful caller. So do I got everything set up? So here we go. Hi, caller. Are you there? Well, yes, Jerry. How are you doing today? Long time listener, several time caller. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, um, I had a, a three things I wanted to talk about. If you have a quick minute on this. Yep. One, um, I've been applying um, the um, fasting technique, especially on Fridays, especially during Lent. And I've seen over the year, year and a quarter I've been doing, I've seen a, a, a major increase in spike of energy because I don't have that sugar low that happens after you have a whole bunch of sugar inserted into your body. So fasting has actually eliminated the jitters from me late afternoon. So I want to just share that with your callers. Yep. But the first question I have for you is I had a really bad um, experience with the Catholic educated judge on Monday. And how do you deal with the judge that it specifically says that they can't show a bias or prejudice towards religion 
And our religion prohibits us from getting a divorce. And she has to be aware of that because she went to a Catholic college because I went from going to mediations that they just want to go to trial now. How do you, how do you combat that? Honestly, it's hard. You got to, if you're going to play it all the way through because they don't care. They really don't, man. They listen, like in like in, in the state of Philadelphia, man, they basically once somebody files for divorce, they basically make you get a divorce. It's a system, it's money. It's it, like you said a couple of weeks ago. It's all about the money, dude. And once one of you, you or your wife, enter into that realm, man, it's hard. They just they just shuffle you through like cattle. The the the, the judge knows the deal. The only way that you really can fight that I know of, and you could talk to a lawyer about it, a, one who know a canon lawyer or a good lawyer that, that is basically you got to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. You got to fight it here and then fight it in divorce court and then go to circuit court and then go to. I mean, because everybody like everybody is always talked out of fighting. Right. Well, it's going to cost you all this money and it's going to cost you this and this. So what do we do? We all just kind of say, well, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't want to spend ten or twenty or fifty thousand dollars to go to the Supreme Court or to Circuit Court, you know, and all of that stuff. So we just kind of all just give it up, give up. The only thing I can say to you, this is why I try, you know, I try to advise the men to go in there. When you go into the court, you're really not talking to the judge, you're talking to your wife. And you're trying to get her to to, to reconsider indirectly. Because the, the judge and the lawyer is going to do what they're going to do, man. And I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Yeah, I was I was actually surprised. And then the other question I had for you is, um, how do you deal with a wife that the first time you up the ante on lovemaking ends up getting the cops berating you on the side of the road? How do you avoid that? Because when I started, to, my priest had forewarned me to be real gentle with my wife because he called her a delicate flower and he knew I was a real masculine man. And I kind of gradually worked her into lovemaking. But when I upped the ante on what you talk about, it ended up with such a melee between us because she's not used to that treatment. Um, we were pulled over on the side of the highway and I was berated by two deputy sheriffs threatening to take me to jail. I'm thinking, well, I'm not doing that anymore. How do you work your wife around that? Because that's one of the biggest problems Mm-hmm. We had over the last four and a half years prior to our separation. So when I first started this many, many years ago, the love making the way I, I call it holy sex love making. But anyway, when I first started, it, it overwhelmed my wife, too, because it, it like I told you, men don't understand like women. Men don't understand that for women. Sex is seriously a spiritual, psychological and emotional thing. And so the feelings of overwhelming is too much for them. So what you have to do as a man, and I'm glad you brought this up, what you have to do as a man is slowly rise to those times, right? So you, if, you're, if, if, if she's used to you making love like five minutes, you don't automatically go up to an hour, right? You kind of go to 30 minutes, then a couple of weeks you go to 45, and then you slowly rise up, and that gives her time to absorb what's going on. Now, she still, in my experience, she still will ask you, what are you doing to me? (laughs) Because she's so happy and she's so thrilled and she's never experienced anything like that before. Remember, women are emotional. And so most women will start crying with this type of lovemaking because they ball up like a little baby and they start crying. This is why men, we, we must understand the power we have as men. It's not a joke. 
Um, also, oh, well, that, that gave me a fear because I was afraid every time I would do something similar to what I did on that one day, six months into it, I would end up having a face potentially her just being such an emotional train wreck, the cops would be in my life. So and I'm not saying that, that to be with, a joke. But so that, no, 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 no. That comes with conversation. Remember, I don't know if you listen to the whole show today, but we have to learn how to talk to our wives and have conversations about these things. You know, um, but the main thing is to is to is to 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 be gentle and and rise slowly, um, and then she'll be able to handle it more. But the second major thing, man, is to have conversations with her. Man, don't be afraid to have conversations with your wife about intimacy. She'll tell you if she really knows one that you're not going to get mad at her, that your ego's not going to get in the way, and two, if she really knows that you really want to know. Women will talk to you, but if they think that you're going to get mad at them and, and 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 treat them bad afterwards and blame them and stuff, they will not talk to you about sex. They won't. They won't. They won't. The other thing I want you to know real quick is. Women, we got to remember, it takes them 20 minutes to even get rise. If they rise really slow, and then when they go down really slow. So they rise really slow, and then they they go when you know when the sex session, if if you don't as a man fulfill them, they 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 go down really slow. That's why when if you guys making love, you turn over and go to sleep, and she's still up watching TV or washing dishes, all that kind of stuff. That means that she's still hyped up, that, that you didn't really, as a man, we didn't do our job, you know. And so it's, it's very important that we learn to read our wives when it comes to lovemaking. And that's kind of where you are, man. Um, if you can learn to read her, then you know the problem. You can talk to her about these things, and then it will preempt a lot of problems. Okay. Okay? All right. All right, brother. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. All right, boys, boys, boys. This has been a great show today. I had great fun. I always love talking about the Lord and his, his, uh, in the way we're supposed to make love and stuff. And it's always fun for me because I, I don't get to talk about that much because, you know, it turns people off. You know, people, they get all squeamish. Most people are really two faced when it comes to sex, right? They can talk about it with their buddies or they can talk about it with their girlfriends and they can laugh and joke about it. But when somebody brings up sex that is really beneficial, that is really going to help them, you know, that we can bring God into this and God wants us and this and that, everybody gets all weird. But I'm glad you didn't get all weird. And I hope I was respectful. Uh, sometimes you got to get a little graphic, man, because that's the nature of lovemaking. But, you know, it's what Scott, Scott was trying to be very respectful too. That's how we do it. We talk about sex in a respectful way that, you know, both men and women can listen to the show. So with that being said, uh, we are going to end today uh, uh, with um, with a uh, quote from St. Benedict the 16th. And again, if uh, any of you would like help, just please go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to watch the Marriage Masterclass. And then if you want help after that, just sign up on an appointment with me. I'll be more than willing to talk to you. Um, and we can really uh, help you to get your marriage to where you want to be. Other than that, I want you all to have a great weekend, and I want you all to really know that I care about this show. I care about helping you. So does my wife, and I hope to see you again next week. So as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, Society offers you comfort, 
But you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.